0: Welcome to Verified RX, your prescription for success, brought to you by the Vizient Center for Pharmacy Practice Excellence.
1: Vizient Pharmacy Vision Awards celebrate the values and achievements of our pharmacy members. With me today are two winners of the 2022 Excellence in Performance Improvement Award, Dr. Marissa Mendoza and Dr. Ali Reza shah Mohammadi both from MD Anderson Cancer Center. I'm Gretchen Brummel, Pharmacy Executive Director in the Center for Pharmacy Practice Excellence at Vizient and your program host. Welcome to the podcast and congratulations on this award. Thank you very much for having us. We appreciate receiving the award. Tell me a little bit about your roles at MD Anderson.
2: Well, I'm a clinical pharmacy specialist with the Pharmacy Continuing Education Program. And our team, we work to develop education for staff. It can be anywhere from medication safety and quality to CE for clinical disease states and compounding sterile products. We are an ACPE provider. We're led by our manager and CP administrator, Diane Hecht. And I'm proud to say that we recently received the status of accreditation with commendation by ACPE. We're very proud of that because we do work very hard to educate our staff. And Ali?
0: So at the time we conducted the project, I was actually in the division of pharmacy. I was a clinical pharmacy specialist in medication safety, but I've recently transitioned into a new role as a medication safety consultant within our department of patient safety. But I work intimately with pharmacy on various topics, projects, whatever there may be. So the current role focuses on evaluation of adverse event, conducting investigations, particular root cause analyses, and being collaborative not only with pharmacy, but with various services and professions. That's, we know very well that medication use spans throughout the organization. So making sure that I assist where I can in my medication safety role.
1: Well, very impressive and diverse backgrounds and congratulations on the accreditation and commendation by ACPE. So getting into the Pharmacy Vision Award, you won this award for a performance improvement project that involved medication errors and your organization's culture. How did you first identify the need for this work?
0: That's a really great question, Gretchen. And in all honesty, it came up serendipitously. So the organization was going through an evolution focusing on high reliability and doing some work of the sort was always in the back of our heads. We always had this passion, this drive for just culture principles. But the challenge was to make sure that our priorities aligned with the organization as a whole. So what really triggered the process was that one day I was, I was closing out my day getting ready to go home. And so I walked past one of our clinical pharmacy manager's office, uh, Diane Hecht, and she asked me if I had read the New York Times article on the Notre Dame fire. And so my response was no, I hadn't read it. So Diane forwarded it to me and said to check it out. So let's fast forward to the next day. I went by her office again and we started chatting about it all. And I mentioned how well done the visuals showed the progression of the fire, how the article talked about what truly happened. And she commented about how this helped bring awareness to the system-related issues rather than focusing on individuals. And so it followed up saying that investigation of issues is paramount. And sometimes they go too quickly trying to identify what happened. But when you hone in on those true causes, you can assign accountability of actions. And so she started asking more questions about what I meant. And I think it was at that point that we started having the birth of this Just Culture Educational Series. We ended up saying, you know what, let's just do it. Let's move forward. And so then we started talking about how to provide this education to the staff about the principles on Just Culture. It was a unique process about how this came to play. But when I look back, they say everything happens for a reason. And so it worked out perfectly.
1: That's a really fascinating origin story for this work. And I love the connection to a non-healthcare example of the fire as your inspiration for this. Once you decided to tackle this work, what were some of your first steps? So when Diane mentioned her discussion with Ali, she actually came to me prior
2: to my position in education. I did work with medication safety and quality, so I also knew about just culture or had just the background to understand it. We went ahead and met with Ali to discuss his perspective because he is our subject matter expert. We also went ahead and looked at the available literature, mostly to see what has been done in the just culture realm, what's out there that's published, specifically looking on how other institutions Institutions and organizations tackle this issue. And in the literature, the actions really just focused on education. And what's interesting is that the education was mostly focused on leadership, which is logical because they are the ones that are managing and reviewing incidents. So we also noted, though, different perceptions of just culture between staff and leadership. I think that was mostly in like the nursing literature that I had seen that in, but there was nothing that was, has been done in pharmacy. And then we all know the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality Culture of Safety Survey. There's an article there that showed that historical data, that non-punitive response to errors remained at the top patient safety concerns with little to no improvement over the years. So this was all consistent with what we found at MD Anderson. And so we knew that we wanted to focus on this and specifically looking at the pharmacy because there's not that much information out there on that.
1: That's a great background. Can you tell me a little bit more about why you felt a gap analysis was so important? A
2: gap analysis is important because we want to know kind of where we are versus how other institutions are doing, what's the best practice out there. And really, we wanted to understand our audience and the issues that we face as an institution so that we could focus on those. As far as potential interventions in doing a gap analysis, we could look and see if other interventions that have been successful at other institutions, if we could use that in our setting. And again, we didn't see that much in the pharmacy realm, but on the literature that has been done in other disciplines, we could take those interventions, specifically looking at education and bring those ideas into our department and division.
1: What else is unique about your program? So one of the things that I think was most unique
2: about the program that we created was that we decided to educate all staff instead of just focusing on leadership. When we had our discussion, the thought was that maybe the perceptions between staff and leadership are different because the education has been focused mostly on leadership. And maybe the staff needs more awareness to understand what the basics of just culture, what the basic principles are. So we wanted to go ahead and use that information, start at the bottom with the basic principles for all of our audience, leadership and staff, and build on that. And I think that was the one that we found is most different than what is out there in literature. We also wanted to break it up into smaller pieces using a lot of micro learning so that the information was easily digestible to our staff. And we wanted it to go over a certain amount of time So it's always in the forefront of everyone's mind. Unfortunately, COVID did delay our timeline. We had three activities that went over the course of a year, but I think that it ended up working really well because then everybody could go back to those basic principles over the year and really kind of understand and digest everything. Ali, do you have anything else to add?
0: Thank you, Marissa. If I might add one more thing, what I feel is really unique about this program was that we just had some true passion on this topic. Just as Marissa mentioned, and she had background in medication safety. And so with both of our minds, we had appreciation for the content. And so while it evolved to what it did, we did this because we wanted to, not because we had to. And that really does change the spectrum of some of the work efforts or projects that one does. And just as Marissa mentioned with COVID, our timelines had to change, but the passion that we had for this topic really drove our commitment to make sure that we provided validated and meaningful content that comes near and dear to us.
2: Yeah, and I would say that also what's great, too, is that even with COVID, I think we also had some of the audience actually asking when the next one would be out, too, because they did know it was over three activities. So while we had passion for it, I think also our audience was starting to have more understanding and a little bit more passion about it.
1: I'm glad you both brought up the concept of how COVID has impacted this because, for example, you highlighted the micro learning. And I think that approach is really important in a time like this when really there's a lot of competition for our attention in terms of education. So I'm really glad to see that you were able to take that approach. So what is misunderstood about the concept of just culture?
0: Well, that's a great question, Gretchen. And I'd like to share three common misunderstandings that I've seen throughout my career. So, number one, there's a common misunderstanding that having a just culture can happen overnight. This is far from the truth. Just by virtue of the term culture, it takes time to change the way we think, the way we interact and understand. So we have to appreciate that. Now, this change can involve staff, leadership, workflows, processes. It can be anything. And so appreciating that it takes time to get to that utopia something that others lose sight out on and for lack of better terms, they just give up. And so they aren't as successful as they'd like to be. Number two, another misunderstanding out there is that one can apply just culture principles after going through a one hour training or simply just googling the algorithm out there. We have access to information so readily with the internet. And so individuals googling or finding that information is not the way to apply those just culture principles. It's just like treating patients. It takes practice years going through case studies examples to be able to consistently apply those principles. Now, years ago, the training on just culture was five days when, when I took the training, it was reduced to three. But the point that I'm kind of getting at is that the Just Culture company has other learning courses that make it possible to accommodate the time individual has, because was mentioned time is really, really valuable commodity. But we have to really respect the intricacies of Just Culture so that we consistent apply those principles. And then the third thing, which you'll hear oftentimes, is that there's no punity in a Just Culture, and that's incorrect there's accountability depending upon the actions the individual takes. It's not a blame-free environment. It's rather an environment that assigns accountability. So taking those three principles or three thoughts, those are the most common misunderstood items about just culture out there.
1: I think those are really insightful thoughts about some of the misconceptions and misunderstood concepts around just culture. It's Also interesting to me that you purposely chose to focus this around staff in addition to leadership, which I think is great. Tell me a little bit about how your staff has responded to this work. I think the feedback
2: to the education has been favorable. The participants, again, appreciated the succinct and short education. And I think now that everyone has the basic principles, you can see there's a little bit more understanding. And especially the assistant managers and managers, they expressed in our evaluations about the need for more training in implementing these principles. A lot of our content was just knowledge-based Get those principles out there. And now the issue is how to implement that into investigating events. And so we hope to do more training on that. Uh, Lastly, we made the content so that it is not so pharmacy focused. Similar to the origin story, it came out of a story from Notre Dame. We wanted to make sure this is something that is easily understandable, not necessarily focusing on pharmacy, showing that it is a general concept that can be used. And with that, external divisions and departments have also participated in the activities, which I think is great in getting the information out there. And so one example in the activity is we just used a comic strip, basically about a person who's speeding to a party, just to demonstrate how important investigation is to
1: identifying the types of human behaviors
2: associated with errors.
1: Well, it's really great to hear about some of your successes. A lot of other organizations are struggling with some of these concepts and experiencing similar challenges. What advice do you have for them?
2: One thing to start with is just getting buy-in from leadership. It is important to have that leadership buy-in in order to make sure that you're in alignment with the institution or with the way your organization is implementing some of the principles. And then spending time on doing a needs assessment and gap analysis so you can focus on the specific issues for your audience. And then lastly, just deciding on the outcomes. I think one of the things we were so focused on trying to get the information out there, I think we could have done a better job of figuring out how to measure the impact of our education. We did do some surveys and we did retrospective analysis of things, but more of a prospective approach would have given us a better idea of how to move forward on that. And I think we did get some good information kind of on this reflection piece of it, but it could always be improved.
1: That makes sense. Ali, what are your thoughts?
0: Along with what Marissa mentioned, Looking for that advocate that will support you is massive, finding your champion. If it wasn't for Diane that one day and really believing in us, we may not have been as successful. Also, some other advice that I could provide is please, please, please please don't think that if you find this algorithm online, you will become that, quote unquote, just culture master. It takes training to understand how to apply the principles. And then from there, you have to see how the application aligns with your human resources principles. So there's that component as well. And then lastly, we're pressed with time. We know that. We mentioned that earlier. A lot of time when conducting the training, ensure that you're getting correct training. There's a lot of stuff out there, but you have to make sure that it's validated. Sometimes it takes years to recuperate from a culture. And so you want to use the tools that are relevant and appropriate. Just as the healthcare spectrum has evolved, never in a million years did we think we were going to face these COVID issues. The issues we face now have also evolved. And so you want to address them with the right tools. Those are the items that come to mind that organizations can kind of take note of as they go down this path.
1: Definitely helpful advice from both of you. So what are your plans for the future?
2: As stated earlier, I think our audience, specifically some of the leadership, were interested in learning more about how to implement it. So we hope to do more focus training. We still don't have concrete plans on that, but that is one of our goals, hopefully in the future. As Ali said, a just culture doesn't happen overnight. So we do want to keep the information in our audience's mind, and our staff, because it is an ongoing journey, I guess you could say. We are human as Ali stated, the issues evolve. So you can't expect to treat and manage errors the same way all of the time.
1: Well, we look forward to seeing more great work come out of this group. Marissa and Ali, congratulations again. And thank you so much for joining us today to share your thoughts and insights. It's been wonderful chatting with you.
0: Thank you. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you. And to our listeners, please join us for more Verified RX podcasts. Subscribe today, like us and send us your comments. We'd love to hear from you. Verified RX is your prescription for success and is brought to you by the Vizient Center for Pharmacy Practice Excellence. I'm Gretchen Brummel. Thanks for listening.